Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast that's all about how to be happier. This week we'll talk about why you should pick your moment and we'll take a deep dive into Instagram and what makes our listeners happier. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. And Elizabeth, I am staggered. We are coming up on our two-year anniversary. That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And yes, Gretchen, it is just a few weeks away. I can't believe it. I know. Do you feel like we've been doing it for two years? No, it's gone so fast. But then I couldn't believe we'd done 100 episodes. So yeah. And one sort of goes with the other. So um, it's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. So for our second anniversary, we're going to do what we did for our first anniversary, which is to do kind of a roundup of uh, some of the listener favorites. So if you have a favorite, try this at home. If you have a great before and after story of uh, something that you tried and like what it was like before and how something helped, uh, a favorite moment of something that happened on the show, um, we would love to hear about it. Yes, all of your favorite things from episode 52 and beyond. So this is just 52 and beyond. Yeah. So the one minute rule does, is not to be included in this group. It's, it's always everyone's favorite thing from our very first episode, the one minute rule, which I agree is fantastic and great, but it is not episode 52 and beyond. Yeah. But if you don't want to look it up, you can just send it to us and we'll figure out which episode it is. Do not feel like you have to do your research and tell us which episode it was. Yeah, just You can just true. say like, oh, I like this. Um, I like the thing about the flying wish paper. I can look it up. Like, So don't worry about you telling us which episode. We'll figure that out. But yeah, try to err on the side of it being uh, in the last year if you can. But it's not, it's not important. But we can't wait to see what people have to report. Yes, that'll be fun. So Elizabeth, this week our Try This at Home tip is to pick your moment. Yes. And this one is really helpful because I know for myself, when I do things at the wrong time, it can lead to not good results. Right. This is this is really a try this at home. That's all about mindfulness, which means don't just launch into a situation or a conversation or a circumstance. But really, especially if you know it's going to be challenging in some way, take a moment and say, when do I want this to happen? If I want to have a tough conversation, I want to pick a good time. I want to be calm. I want to be focused. I want to be energetic. Uh, If it's going to be difficult for someone else, I want to pick a moment that's going to be good for that person. You know, I'm not just uh, doing it whenever it crosses my mind or to get it off my to-do list. I'm really choosing. Yeah, I think so many times for me, it's like if I have something on my mind, <laughs> I need to just deal with it right then. Are you laughing because you do the same thing? Oh my gosh. It's just like, I just like, I just want to race around the apartment and like get it off my mind, get it off my chest, get it off my to do list the minute it occurs. To yeah, me. It kind of goes along with your whole email thing, Gretch. Remember now you're, yeah. you've recovered from sending <laughs> emails on a weekend. It's sort of that same thing. And it's like, oh, well, if I need to talk about this really delicate thing or I need something done like, oh, I need to have um, Adam, you know, get something off a high shelf for me. It's like it has to happen that second as opposed to choosing a moment that is an appropriate time for whatever, whether it's a task or a conversation or going someplace, that a time that makes sense. Well, and what you said is exactly what's true for me, which is 
like, I don't want, can you do this kind of in the near future or like even in the mid future? I want it to happen right now. It's on my mind. Change the light bulb right now. Do this right now. Answer this email right now. Whatever. What it really is saying is I want to pick the moment which works for me, which is right this second. And I don't want to have to think about whether it's a good time for this thing to happen or whether it's convenient for somebody else. Um, but when you, it turns out you get much better results when you pick the moment. Yeah. And I know one thing people say is if you have to talk about a difficult subject, for instance, and I think we've talked about this on the show before, like if you have to talk to parents who are getting older about sort of how they want things to go down the line, um, don't wait until they're feeble or having health issues. Talk now while everyone's still healthy and it feels like a very long time away and not something that is a pressing matter because then it's just easier to talk about. Right. So it's like choose your moment now as opposed to putting off something that's going to be hard. Right. Some things it's 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 about not postponing it, but yeah, doing it in the near in the in the uh, doing it more immediately. Because I think sometimes I think for many things, the the impulse is to um have it right in the second. Like I want to have an angry conversation right now in the, while I'm in the middle of my anger, or I, I want to criticize somebody at work. I want to just like vent right now instead of picking a time where that communication can happen most effectively. Now, Gretchen, you told me something you did. I think it was when Eliza was applying to college, um, which seemed like a really good idea in terms of picking your moment, which was you had a weekly conversation appointments or something like that. Yeah, this was an idea that somebody told me about where um, she was very much like us and like constantly found herself hounding her son about college stuff. And then he would resist and pull back and they would they would bicker. And so what she came up with, which I think could work in a lot of different situations, especially if there's something where there's a conversation that needs to happen, but people are reluctant to have it, is to have an appointment. So you have a standing appointment. So you know that all your questions can be addressed at one time. Mm -hmm. So one person knows that they're going to get the attention that they need on the matters that are important to them. And the other person knows that all, you know, except for that one half hour once a week, they're in the clear. They do not need to like run screaming from, you know, or hide every time they see, mm-hmm. they hear their mother's <laughs> footsteps on the hallway right, because they know right. she's not going to keep hounding them because, because, and so the person who's anxious gets those questions answered and the person who doesn't want to deal with it, it's very limited. So it's, I think it's a really good, um, it's a good solution for, for, for those. It's a, and it's a way you can pick the moment when it works well. Is it maybe it's Sunday morning, um, after everybody eats breakfast or maybe it's, you know, Friday afternoon when the whole weekend's coming up and so you have that feeling of freedom. Whatever, you could pick the moment that works the best for that kind of conversation. Yeah, it's a good idea because I know for me, like, let's say I'll tell, I'll, you know, pop my head into the office and say to Adam, we have to be at Jack's school on Thursday, FYI. (laughs) And it's just like lands into nothingness because there's no context, you know, but I've done my job. (laughs) I told him, but yet I know in my mind it hasn't really sunk in. But if like we were organized and yeah, every Sunday morning went over the week, the logistics of the week and everyone was prepared to absorb the information yeah. It would land a lot better. Yeah. Now, in terms of picking the time for it, Elizabeth, you had some, didn't you have some hideous conversation that you had to have like in the middle of the night or what was, what was that? Oh, yes. I had a thing where Sarah and I had to talk to an actor um, about something that was, um, you know, not, not terribly pleasant. And 
we had to do it. It was like, well, you need to have this conversation before the end of the day, like before everyone leaves set. But we were working to like 1230 at night. Oh, my God. So we had to go and talk to him at uh, 1230 at night after, you know, a 14 hour day. Oh, my gosh. Not the best time for yeah. a difficult conversation. <laughs> so um, but we we kind of had no choice. We knew it was horrible timing and it was. Yeah. Um, but we did do one thing, which is we kept the conversation short. Oh. We were like, let's just in and out. Let's not sit there and try to make pleasantries. Um, but yeah, so I think that is definitely was a case where it was not I, we did not have a moment chosen well. Um, but it sounds like you re- it was so extreme, though, that you recognize it, because I think sometimes you don't even you don't even realize like we're tired. We're hungry. We both had a hard day. Maybe this isn't the best time to talk about like a really like a really um, like highly charged conversation. You just sort of bumble into it without realizing and then you can't have the mindfulness to get out of it. But at least you went into it thinking like, this is a really bad time to have this conversation. Let's figure out how to make the best of a bad situation. Yeah, that helped. That did help. But I, you know, I do think it's, it's kind of about self-discipline, right? Uh, Just picking your moment. It's about, um, and I think that's hard for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. No, if you want to deal with it right now, when it's on your mind, when you're having the reaction, you want to say it. And I do think one thing in kind of in the line with having an appointment is sometimes what I'll say to Jamie, because, you know, he's a questioner, so he hates answering questions. So a lot of times when mm. we have to talk about things, he doesn't want to answer the questions is I will give him warnings. Mm. I will say, we need to talk about this. I don't think you want to talk about it right now, but I'm just letting you know, like over the next couple of days. And he'll be like, I don't want to talk about that right now, but I'll have planted the seed. And then I'll be like, you know, Saturday morning, I'll say, we need to talk about this sometime today. Do you want to talk about it now? He's like, no, I don't want to talk about it now. I'm like, okay, well, then we're going to talk about it later. So he has sort of like a couple times to warm up to the idea that it's coming. And then he gets to pick the moment. Mm. This takes enormous effort for me to do this because I just want to do it right now. What do we have to keep bringing it up? Yes. But it works better in the long run. I also think in that vein, if you say why, like I'm going to have to schedule a babysitter if we're going to go to this party. So we need to talk about it the next couple of days. Right. Setting the stage. Right. Or why something needs to be discussed. And that especially works well with questioners because it's like, I need to know because I have a business trip and I could either leave the night before or the morning of and I need to know which is going to work better or I, you know, we need to decide because these other people are waiting to hear what we're going to do. That works much better because it's not like, oh, you're just picking a moment for me. It's like there's a reason that this has to happen now. Um, But all this, again, comes back to this idea of mindfully choosing rather than just blindly reacting in the moment. Uh, And it's it's not just conversation. It's also like if you want to raise at work, don't just you know, charge in wanting a raise because you're mad that somebody, you find out what somebody else makes or something like, you know, pick a time, like after you've shined, you know, or when you're about to embark on a really big project and everyone really needs you or, you know, it's like just in general thinking before you act. No, that's a really important thing is being strategic. Like what is the right time for me to bring this up to get the result that I want? And it's just, it's, it's harder than it sounds. Yeah. So let us know if you tried this at home and whether picking your moment uh, has worked for you. Twitter, Facebook, email, podcast at GretchenRubin.com, or you can go to happiercast.com slash 103. This is episode 103 for anything related to this episode. 
Noom is the habit-changing solution that helps users learn to develop a new relationship with food through personalized courses. Based in psychology, Noom teaches you why you do the things you do and empowers you with the tools you need to break bad habits and replace them with better ones. Because everyone's different, Noom adjusts to your lifestyle. They teach you the psychology behind the decisions you make and then help you keep track of everything from workouts and steps to analyze your diet and recommending healthy recipes. Noom also connects you with a personally assigned goal specialist and a community of other Noomers, so you have all the support you need to empower your change. Gretch, you know, I love Noom. I love all the tools it has, especially the step tracker and the weight tracker. I rely on those every day. Yep, you don't have to change it all in one day. Small steps make big progress. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com slash happier. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash happier. What do you have to lose? Visit Noom.com slash happier to start your trial today. Gretchen, it is time for a happiness hack. And this one is related to the upcoming Valentine's Day. Um, and it is, if the traditional Valentine's Day isn't for you, consider remaking it for yourself. Celebrate some other important relationship in your life. College roommates, celebrate yourself. Uh, maybe give yourself a special treat. Don't feel like it has to be about romance. Yeah. No, I just got an email from a guy who bought a box of chocolates and put them under the the uh, like his his favorite armchair and then got them out when he like for Valentine's Day last year because oh. um, he's like I love chocolate so I thought that was good. But my favorite um, my favorite uh, reinterpretation of Valentine's Day comes from Parks and Rec and I actually don't know if this is like from Parks and Rec only or this is like a whole national international thing because I had never heard about it. Um, but I am obsessed with Parks and Rec. And this is when Leslie Nope is celebrating Galentine's Day with all of her friends. It's Galentine's Day. Oh, it's only the best day of the year. Every February 13th, my lady friends and I leave our husbands and our boyfriends at home and we just come and kick it breakfast style. Ladies celebrating ladies. It's like Lilith Fair minus the angst. Plus frittatas. <laughs> yeah, it's not just Parks and Rec, Gretch. It's um, it is definitely a a phenomenon. I um, even in my email today, I had I got a thing about um, celebrating Valentine's Day, you know, from some company. So, uh, but I love the idea because um, you know, when I I myself didn't hear of it until this year, but it's like celebrate your friends. Sounds good to me. No, I mean, the thing is, all these holidays, whether it's New Year's Eve or Mother's Day or your birthday or January 1st, all these things, it's they're, they're useful if they're sort of a catalyst to do something that you wouldn't think to do in everyday life. And if you can take time for some special relationship, no matter what that relationship is, um, it's nice. It's a nice, it's a nice reminder to sh uh, shine a spotlight on something, on somebody that you love. So um, yeah, reinterpret Valentine's Day. Make it work for you. Make it work for you. <laughs> Don't let anyone make you feel bad if you're not getting a dozen roses, for goodness sake. By the way, I've never gotten roses on Valentine's Day in my life. Never have I. Never have I. <laughs> And now it's time for a deep dive into our Instagram project, Elizabeth. Yes, this Gretchen got me onto Instagram, um, which made me happier yeah. to, on its own. I'm loving Instagram. Yeah. But the idea was every day in January, 
we posted a picture of something that made us happier or helped us keep good habits. Um, and we had the hashtag happier 2017. And we got many, many thousands yeah. of, of posts. It was fantastic. Yeah. No, and I thought this was a great happiness booster for so many reasons. One, like you say, it's like if you weren't using Instagram, like you weren't using Instagram, it's fun to have a new thing. And Instagram is very easy to use. It's like, yeah, uh, it's very like quick gratification. And what I found for me, too, was that it it kept me looking for the things that made me happier. Like one day I just saw like this bright orange traffic cone on a really, really gray day. And it was just sort of luminous the way it was glowing. And I was like, mm. oh, that's so cool. And then I was like, oh, that makes me happy. It, 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 and, and one of the things that research shows is we all have this negativity bias, which is that our attention is more attracted by negative information and negative ideas and things and uh, it, we remember them better and we pay more attention to them. And so something like this is kind of fighting the negativity bias because you're constantly on the lookout. What's helping me? What's making me happier? What's great? And so it's kind of a little way to give yourself a boost throughout the day. Yeah, it's funny because every day I would think, well, gosh, what am I going to find today to post? I'm not yeah. going to find anything. Yeah. What could I possibly yeah. <laughs> take a picture of? And then it would be always so easy to find something. Yeah. Like yeah. the day I came home and um, the Christmas lights, you know, yeah. we've t- as we've <laughs> talked about how the, I had Christmas tree lights up on my house for like three years. And in working on the house, some wonderful person had just taken them down and very neatly um, rolled them up. And I was like, oh, my God, the Christmas lights. And I was like, I must take a picture uh, yes. of this for Happier 2017. And it was really fun because a lot of people commented because yes, yes. they'd heard me talk yes. about it on the show. Yes. Um, and I had to admit I didn't take them down myself. But yeah. um, but it was like it, it turned it into a real celebration as opposed to me just going, oh, the Christmas lights are down. Right. That's good. Right. Well, well, instead, I really reveled in it. Well, the funny thing was how many people were really like really interested in the fate of those Christmas lights where they'd been asking themselves, yeah. like, does Elizabeth ever <laughs> yeah. deal with those Christmas lights? And the thing that was funny to me is I was like, wow, I can't believe Elizabeth like took the time to like put them into those nice round um, yeah. like, you know, it wasn't just piled in a tangled heap. They were like nicely round things, but it's because it's you would, you didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do it myself. Um, but I do need to plug them in and see if they still work because, uh, if they do, then I need to keep them. But if they don't, then I shouldn't just, you know, leave them in a pile. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, one, I mean, to your point about like have every day thinking, well, am I going to find something? This is a thing that I noticed in my study of habits that is really counterintuitive, but I have definitely found to be true for myself. It's often easier to do something every day than to do it mm-hmm. some days or most days. And I think for a lot of people, something like this Instagram or even something like going for a walk, if you do something every day, it's just part of your day. You're not debating, should I, shouldn't I? Do I get a day off? Oh, I'm doing four days out of seven. Does this count or do I want to mm-hmm. do it tomorrow? There's like a lot of decision making and that's that's cognitive load, which is draining. Whereas if you're like every day I have to do this, it's just like, you know, when am I going to do this? It's easier. And then it becomes more of a habit. It becomes more automatic. And so I think something like doing something every day, it might sound more demanding than doing like 20, 20 times this month. Actually right, doing it 30 right. times in a month is easier than doing it it's 20 easier. times. Yeah, weirdly. You know what else I noticed um, in doing this every day is that seeing other people's yes. posts also made me happier. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. You know, so it wasn't just me finding my moments of joy, experiencing yes. other people's moments yes. was a happiness boost, like some really cute picture of their child or some great scenery. 
No, it's and it's just the glimpse into other people's lives is fascinating. Like I, you know, on like when I'm having terrible weather to see, oh right, in some parts of the world it's like bright and sunny, or just seeing what other people are getting a kick out of. It's just it's sort of endlessly fascinating. It really is. And I felt like it's, it wasn't so absorbing that I felt like I couldn't tear myself away. It was like a nice hit mm-hmm. when I would scroll through, but it wasn't like. I was going to be doing it for two hours and neglect my my day job. You know, it was like the right balance. Yes. And I love reading the comments that people wrote with the picture. People are so witty and clever and interesting. I really feel like it's an art form like tweets and Instagram. But like there people express themselves there in a way that you really can't. It's not fungible with other kinds of writing. I really feel like it. It should be taken seriously because people do some really cool writing in these very short forums. Oh, totally. Yeah. Now we should talk about, Gretch, what were some like highlights and trends of hashtag happier 2017? Well, I have to say, Elizabeth, I I felt like you had many people in your mug loving uh, family because there was a lot of mugs, beverages in general. I, I wouldn't say that I'm so dedicated to mugs specifically, but I'm definitely dedicated to hot beverages and cold beverages. So it was fun to see some people really like to take picture of their mugs and their beverages. Yes, I loved all the mugs, of course. And then I also noticed in that subcategory, um, a lot of people took pictures of their like latte foam decorations. Yes, yes. You know, like those fancy leaves or patterns. And those are nice to see. No, speaking of art forms, that is definitely like a folk art form that people have a lot of appreciation for. Um, Dogs and cats. I think dogs were slightly in the lead, but there were a lot of cats, too. Yes, I would have to count up how many of your pictures were Barnaby. I think several. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Your January pictures were Barnaby. Yes, I love taking pictures of Barnaby and showing him off. Tons of children and family and friends. There were a lot of a lot of people um, captured moments with the people that they love. That's always fun to see. Often because they were often doing something that was either silly or funny or like something that made somebody proud, like a child who was up on the stage or somebody giving a speech or somebody doing a performance or just being goofy, like, uh, you know, doing an art project. It was so fun to see. Yes. And then um, one thing that surprised me is how many people live in nature. Like there were so many pictures of nature and not just people going on hikes. And there was a lot of that, which is great. But even just the view from their backyard. I know. uh, A forest. Yes. Yes. Or like a lake with like clouds scudding above. And it's like my backyard. Yeah. Yeah, that was, and it was such a snowy January that we had a lot of snow pictures and snow day pictures. People having fun yeah. when their kids were home from, from on a snow day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I think a lot of people also um, used the photographs as a way to kind of remind them of their good habits. Or and so there were a lot of things like mm-hmm. of um, healthy meals or their feet on a yoga mat or a picture of that like them like on like the treadmill uh, dashboard. or getting ready to, you know, here I am getting ready to go on a hike or, um, uh, you know, anything, the things that are that are about uh, living the good habits that they wanted to and kind of reinforcing those good habits. Yeah, Gretchen, you'll appreciate that um, one of our listeners, her Instagram name is free from French fries. No, you're kidding. I did not see that. um, Oh, my gosh. How did I miss that? 
Oh, my gosh. Um, so she inspired by the free from French fries, um, which is something that a phrase I used yes. when I was cutting out French fries. And then you put in better than before. And we sort of used to talk about being an abstainer versus a moderator. She made that her Instagram handle. So she was taking a lot of pictures of her low carb meals. Ah. You know, we almost, we can we seriously considered that making that the title of Better Than Before. I remember that. Yeah, because I love that phrase. You're what can I say, my sister, the sage? These things just fall out of your mouth, and I have to write them down. Um, <laughs> oh, movie posters! I was kind of surprised by that. Oh yeah, yeah. People going to movies. Yeah, la, a lot of La La Land. Yeah, in January. Yeah, crafts and projects, knitting projects. Uh, Cleaning out the closet projects. Um, think, yes, organizing are... desks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And a lot of pictures of journals of yes. different sorts. Yes. You know, either journals or um, calendars. Yeah. A lot of people still use paper calendars, clearly. Yes. I'm uh, after my own heart. I'm a t- hardcore file effects dedicated user. Um, oh, maybe I'll maybe I'll post a picture of my file effects today. And uh, book a lot of book covers, which I love because I love getting reading ideas from people. So I love seeing what people are reading. That's always fascinating to me. And also sayings like I love I'm obsessed with quotations, of Mm. course. Um, By the way, if you want my a lot of that. Yeah. If you want my quotation newsletter, just email me and I'll send you up for the quotation newsletter. So I'm always on the lookout for a great new quotation because I have like a million, but I want even more. And so it's, I, and, and now people can make them in these beautiful fonts and beautiful designs. So they're all uh, kind of gorgeous to look at as well as having these thought provoking uh, uh, quotations. So that's really fun too. Yeah. I really suggest everybody, if you didn't do this to just search the hashtag happier 2017 and look through other people's posts. If, yeah. you're, if you haven't done that. No, it's really fun. So thanks. I mean, it was kind of like Spotify when we did our Happier 911 uh, song list. It, we, it, it was so exciting to see so many people join in and, and, and get so many great ideas from people. It really gives you a lift to be part of kind of a whole big project like that. It's really fun. So thank you, everybody who posted mm-hmm. for Happier 2017. And we hope that it made you happier. Yes, and I think, Gretch, we have a tradition, an annual tradition oh. has started. Oh, good, yeah, great way Every to start. January. Yeah, start, a great way to start the new year. Okay, we got to remember to do that next January. So now it's time for a listener question. And as a reminder, call us at 774-277-9336, which is also 77-HAPPY-336, or email us at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. But this week we have a caller. Hi, Gretchen and Elizabeth. This is Claire from San Francisco, California, and I love your show and how you give manageable steps to approach life situations that could be happiness stumbling blocks. I find myself in one such situation. I am 32 years old, and I am trying to conceive a child of my husband, and um, it seems that now that I know I want a child, everyone I know is pregnant, and I can't help but feel a pain when I see a photo of a sonogram picture or a newborn on social media. I really want to be happy for my friends and acquaintances, and I am, but it hurts to see these and my anxiety that I am doing something wrong or that I made a mistake and not trying sooner is just killing my general sense of happiness. Do you have any tips for this kind of compare and despair cycle that I'm finding myself stuck in? I know that I can avoid social media, but I really can't avoid the pregnant colleagues and friends and family members, so I suspect this is not the only answer. 
any tips you have would be greatly appreciated. And thank you so much again for what you um, put out there. I really appreciate it. Well, that's a tough situation. It is. I know so many people who have gone through this exact situation. Um, And I love what she called it, the compare and despair cycle. I think that's a really um, a good way to put it. yeah, uh, it's tough. It is tough. Uh, and, you know, and, and the fact that a lot of people experience it doesn't really make it any easier for any individual, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. When you're going through it, yeah. it it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's very big. One thing that I tell people in this situation um, is don't feel like you have to go to, for instance, a baby shower. Like, I think people feel like, well, I want to celebrate my friend's baby, yeah. even though I feel bad. And even though it's really painful for me, I don't want to, um, you know, sort of shirk my duty as a friend. But I just think people understand yeah. this. They really do. And it's like, don't put yourself in situations where you're going to be, it's really sensitive and it's going to be really painful. Right. Like she talks about, um, Claire talks about avoiding social media if it's going to like kick off these painful feelings. But right. And, and I mean, she says like, um, I, I, w- I really want to be happy for my friends and acquaintances and I am. But again, same thing with the baby shower. It's like, it's too much to expect from yourself that you're going to feel like celebrating it. I think that can add more pressure to you where you're feeling like, I feel bad about the fact that I feel bad. Mm-hmm. I should feel happy. It's like, well, right. it's for you. It's it's a painful subject and it brings up a lot of difficult emotions. And so maybe don't expect yourself to. And people do, and I think you're right. People do understand. Yeah. And she's right. Like, she, of, of course, if you have a colleague at work who's pregnant, you can't avoid that person. Yeah. But you don't she might feel the need to yeah. sit and talk about yeah. the pregnancy because right. she's trying to overcompensate, yes. you know, for right. for being jealous or, right. or resentful. And right. I think don't feel like you have to sit there and yeah. grill her about her pregnancy. Yeah. And the other thing I was thinking is it can be helpful to have someone to vent to outside of work or outside yeah. of whatever that situation is. So if you kind of have your safe yeah, person, your friend you know, group. like I know I yeah. can call Joan and say, oh, I just saw, you know, so-and-so in the copy room, and it was really painful. Yeah. And that's right. okay. Right, right, right. Don't expect yourself to, like, feel, you know, enthusiastic and interested. One thing also to think about is um, when you're going through a challenging time is, you know, maybe you don't feel super happy, but do you feel as happy as you can be under the circumstances? And so what are the things you can do to kind of keep your happiness level uh, stable? One is to get enough sleep. You know, if you're staying up too late, um, it's going to just make you feel drained and make everything feel more difficult. Getting some exercise, that boosts energy, and it also helps you sleep. If you're having trouble sleeping, if you exercise, you're going to fall asleep faster and sleep more deeply. Take time for your friends because being with friends will lift your spirits. So make sure that you uh, have plenty of fun time with friends. Treats. I mean, we talk about treats all the time. I'm the hugest fan of healthy treats. Like load yourself with healthy treats, not things that are going to make you feel worse in the long run, but things that are going to make you feel like new music or, you know, um, a great new smell or uh, a notebook. Crossword puzzle. Yeah. An umbrella in your signature color, um, something like that. And like looking for ways to have humor. You know, whether it's a funny movie or a funny book or hanging out with a funny friend, like anything, because it's like there's nothing like just having your stomach hurt from laughing or even just something that's mildly funny. It just it's distracting and it's energizing. 
And the other thing, Gretchen, is we've talked on the show before about scheduling time to worry. Yes. So if she's yes. feeling anxious, maybe yes. she wants to, you know, schedule time to worry once a day, yes. at five o'clock or yeah. once a week or whatever yeah. seems appropriate. And then give yourself a break about, you know, going over and over it in your mind all day. Maybe that could help. No, I mean it sounds it sounds kind of strange, uh, but it's something that actually that really works for people who are feeling anxious about something. Um, so those are some thoughts about how to manage a challenging time and to keep your spirits as high as they can while you're going through a challenging time. So good luck, Claire, and just don't be too hard on yourself. Um, you know, just treat yourself nicely. Yes, yeah, yeah. Try to do everything you can to take care of yourself during a difficult time. Okay, Gretch, it is time for demerits and gold stars, and you are up with a happiness demerit this week. Well, so I think one of the things about coming up on our second anniversary is that we, we're both of us beginning to have repeat demerits, which is just yes. like the fundamental problems that we cannot seem to solve and then yes. keep coming up over and over again. And yes, once again, I have struggled to have a haircut appointment. My haircut, my <laughs> hair is like down to my knees. And I know mom will say, as she always does, why don't you just have a standing appointment? Or every time you get your haircut, pull out your calendar and make the next one. And I just refuse to do that. And so, again, it was like on my mind. It's on my to-do list. I keep postponing it because I hate making phone calls. I hate making phone calls even worse than I hate actually going to, the, going to get my hair cut. <laughs> but here's the thing. So the reason why I think it's great that we give ourselves demerits is sometimes by thinking, oh, this is a demerit, then it's the quick save because you realize, mm -hmm. like, wait, I can, I can save myself from this demerit. And I, it occurred to me that now I can email to make an appointment. Mm. This is like this new feature, which I'd kind of forgotten about because I had never used it. All of a sudden, revelation, I could email. I would so much prefer to do it by email. I quickly sent an email just this morning. I got an email back confirming my appointment. So I did it. I have my haircut appointment. No phone calls. I may never have to make a phone call to make a haircut appointment again. So my pro I, may, this may be the last. I will. There are other demerits that I will repeat, but mm -hmm. this may be my last haircut-related demerit. I hope we will see. Wow. Well, I have <laughs> the same demerit, Gretch. I bet it's been longer since I've gotten my haircut than it has since you've gotten your haircut, and I don't even have an appointment on the books. Oh. But, um, so. <laughs> So I'll just throw in a demerit for me on this subject, okay. too. <laughs> Free-floating uh -huh. demerit. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But so lift us up with a good gold star. Well, Gretch, this week I am giving my gold star to Jack, my seven-year-old little boy, uh, because he, last week um, he had at school something they called Star of the Week. So once every kid um, throughout the school year for one week is star of the week. And when you're star of the week, you make a big board that has a whole bunch of pictures on it and, and, and of sort of your family and the activities you do and places you've been and all that kind of stuff. And then you bring in your board and you have to, in front of the whole class and your parents come um, and the teachers give a presentation of your board. Um, and so Jack did this this week. He stood up in front of the class and he had a little, they have a little pointer. It's very cute. And they point to the different pictures and Aww. they say, you know, what the pictures are and why they were <sighs> taken and where they were. And they go through and they're speaking for several minutes. Wow. Um, just on their own. And then after they do the speaking, every, the class asks questions <laughs> and they stand up in front of the class and they answer the questions. And I just give Jack a big gold star because he did a great job 
And it, I mean, I would be nervous to stand up in front of a class yeah. and speak for 10 minutes, you know? Yeah. And he um, did it. And he was nervous and we, we practiced it. So uh-huh. he put in the time to practice, which is not easy when yeah. you're seven to yeah. practice a presentation. Yeah. He took it very seriously. He thought about what he wanted to say about each picture that he talked about. And he followed through and then he gave very thoughtful responses to all of the questions. <laughs> um, and it just made my heart melt. And I was so proud of him. And he was very, um, he was just very happy and proud of his performance. So uh, I give him a big gold star for being star of the week and really owning it. Oh, yeah. Very appropriate that he gets a gold star for being star yes, of the week. for being a star of the week. Excellent. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Pick your moment. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thank you to our producer, Kristen Meinzer. Also, thanks to Andy Bowers and Laura Mayer of Panoply. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And we've said it before, and we will say it again. If you like this show, please be sure to tell a friend. Tell them to listen to podcasts. Tell them to try Happier. And subscribe to us on iTunes. And if you take the time to rate a review, that really helps. And remember to check out the two new podcasts in the family of podcasts that I just launched called The Onward Project. You can listen to Kim and Russ talk about why praise can sometimes be very unsatisfying on their podcast, Radical Candor. And over at Side Hustle School, you can hear from Chris about why some side hustles work better than other side hustles. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward.